Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. We saw that our podcast was topping the charts in Malta. So we are going to read their Wikipedia entry. Let's learn about this interesting country in the dullest way possible. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account ZZZ underscore media underscore podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. El Salvador, officially the Republic of El Salvador, is a country in Central America. It is bordered on the northeast by Honduras, on the northwest by Guatemala, and on the south by the Pacific Ocean. El Salvador's capital and largest city is San Salvador. The country's population in 2022 was estimated to be 6.5 million. Among the Mesoamerican nations that historically controlled the region are the Lenca, after 680, the Mayans, and then the Cuscatleks. Archaeological monuments also suggest an early Olmec presence around the first millennium BC. In the beginning of the 16th century, the Spanish Empire conquered the Central American territory, incorporating it into the Viceroyalty of New Spain ruled from Mexico City. However, the Viceroyalty of Mexico had little to no influence in the daily affairs of the Isthmus, which was colonized in 1524. In 1609, the area was declared the Captaincy General of Guatemala by the Spanish, which included the territory that would become El Salvador until its independence from Spain in 1821. It was forcibly incorporated into the first Mexican Empire, then seceded, joining the Federal Republic of Central America in 1823. When the Federation dissolved in 1841, El Salvador became a sovereign state, then formed a short-lived union with Honduras and Nicaragua called the Greater Republic of Central America, which lasted from 1895 to 1898. From the late 19th to the mid-20th century, El Salvador endured chronic political and economic instability characterized by coups, revolts, and a succession of authoritarian rulers. Persistent socioeconomic inequality and civil unrest culminated in the Salvadoran Civil War from 1979 to 1992, fought between the military-led government backed by the United States and a coalition of left-wing guerrilla groups. The conflict ended with the Chapultepec Peace Accords. This negotiated settlement established a multi-party constitutional republic which remains in place to this day. During the Civil War, large numbers of Salvadorans emigrated to the United States. By 2008, they were one of the largest immigrant groups in the U.S.
El Salvador's economy has historically been dominated by agriculture, beginning with the Spanish taking control of the indigenous cacao crop in the 16th century, with production centered in Isalca, along with balsam from the ranges of La Libertad and Huachapan. This was followed by a boom in use of the indigo plant in the 19th century, mainly for its use as a dye. Thereafter, the focus shifted to coffee, which by the early 20th century accounted for 90% of export earnings. El Salvador has since reduced its dependence on coffee and embarked on diversifying its economy by opening up trade and financial links and expanding the manufacturing sector. The cologne, the currency of El Salvador since 1892, was replaced by the United States dollar in 2001. El Salvador ranks 124th among 189 countries in the Human Development Index. As of 2019 economic improvements had led to El Salvador experiencing the lowest level of income inequality among countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. Among 77 countries included in a 2021 study, El Salvador had one of the least complex economies for doing business. Conquistador Pedro de Alvarado named the new province after Jesus Christ, San Salvador, lit. Holy Savior. The territory's name, including the province of San Miguel, was later extended to the Provincia de Nuestro Señor Jesus Cristo, El Salvador del Mundo, lit. Province of Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the World, shortened to the Republic of El Salvador, or Salvador, during the post-Federal Republic period and subsequently settled on as El Salvador. Tomate is a paleontological site located on the banks of the river of the same name in the municipality of Apopa. The site has produced abundant Salvadoran megafauna fossils belonging to the Pleistocene. The paleontological site was discovered accidentally in 2000 and in the following year, an excavation by the Museum of Natural History of El Salvador revealed several remnants of Coviaronius and 18 other species of vertebrates including giant tortoises, megatherium, glutodon, toxodon, extinct horses, paleolamas. The site stands out from most Central American Pleistocene deposits, being more ancient and much richer which provides valuable information of the Great American Interchange in which the Central American Isthmus Land Bridge was paramount. At the same time, it is considered the richest vertebrate site in Central America and one of the largest accumulations of proboscideans in the Americas. Sophisticated civilization in El Salvador dates to its settlement by the indigenous Lenca people Theirs was the first and the oldest indigenous civilization to settle in there. They were a union of Central American tribes that oversaw most of the isthmus from southern Guatemala to northern Panama, which they called Managuara. The Lenca of eastern El Salvador trace their origins to specific caves with ancient pictographs dating back to at least 680 and some sources say as far back as 700 BC. There was also a presence of Olmecs, although their role is unclear. 
their influence remains recorded in the form of stone monuments and artifacts preserved in Western El Salvador, as well as the National Museum. A Mayan population settled there in the formative period, but their numbers were greatly diminished when the Ilopango supervolcano eruption caused a massive exodus. Centuries later, the area's occupants were displaced by the Papil people, Noah-speaking groups who migrated from Anahuac beginning around 800 AD and occupied the central and western regions of El Salvador. The Nahua Papil were the last indigenous people to arrive in El Salvador. They called their territory Cuscatan, a Nahuatl word meaning the place of precious jewels, back formed into classical Nahuatl Cuscatlan and Hispanicized as Cuscatlan. It was the largest domain in Salvadoran territory up until European contact. The term Cuscatlico is commonly used to identify someone of Salvadoran heritage, although the majority of the eastern population has indigenous heritage of Lenca origin, as do their place names such as Intipuca, Caralagua, and Lalatique. Most of the archaeological sites in western El Salvador, such as Lago de Guija and Joya de Serran, indicate a pre-Columbian Mayan culture. Suwatan shows signs of material trade with northern Nahua culture, eastern Mayan and Lenca culture, and southern Nicaraguan and Costa Rican indigenous culture. Tazimul's smaller B1-2 structure shows a Talatablero style of architecture that is associated with Nawa culture and corresponds with their migration history from Anahuac. In eastern El Salvador, the Lenca site of Cualapa is highlighted as a major pre-Columbian cultural center and demonstrates links to the Mayan site of Copan in western Honduras as well as the previously mentioned sites in Calchuapa and Carasusha in western El Salvador. An investigation of the site of La Laguna in Usulutan has also produced Copador items which link it to the Lankamaya trade route. By 1521, the indigenous population of the Mesoamerican area had been drastically reduced by the smallpox epidemic that was spreading throughout the territory, although it had not yet reached pandemic levels in Cuscatlan or the northern portion Managuara. The first known visit by Spaniards to what is now Salvadoran territory was made by the Admiral Andres Nino, who led an expedition to Central America. He disembarked in the Gulf of Fonseca on May 31, 1522, at Miangara Island, naming it Petronila, and then traversed to Jiquilisco Bay on the mouth of Lempa River. The first indigenous people to have contact with the Spanish were the Lenca of eastern El Salvador. In 1524, after participating in the conquest of the Aztec Empire, Pedro de Alvarado, his brother Gonzalo, and their men crossed the Rio Paz southward into Cuscatlec territory. The Spaniards were disappointed to discover that the Papil had no gold or jewels like those they had found in Guatemala or Mexico, but they recognized the richness of the land's volcanic soil. Pedro Alvarado led the first incursion to extend their dominion to the domain of Cuscatlan in June 1524. When he arrived at the borders of the kingdom, he saw that civilians had been evacuated. 
Casket-like warriors moved to the coastal city of Akajetla and waited for Alvarado and his forces. Alvarado approached, confident that the result would be similar to what occurred in Mexico and Guatemala. He thought he would easily deal this new indigenous force since the Mexican allies on his side and the Papils spoke a similar language. Alvarado described the Cuscat-like soldiers as having shields decorated with colorful exotic feathers, a vest-like armor made of three-inch cotton which arrows could not penetrate, and long spears. Both armies suffered many casualties, with a wounded Alvarado retreating and losing a lot of his men, especially among the Mexican Indian auxiliaries. Once his army had regrouped, Alvarado decided to head to the Cuscatlan capital and again faced armed Cuscatlec. Wounded, unable to fight and hiding in the cliffs, Alvarado sent his Spanish men on their horses to approach the Cuscatlec to see if they would fear the horses, but they did not retreat, Alvarado recalls in his letters to Hernán Cortés. The Cuscatlec attacked again, and on this occasion stole Spanish weaponry. Alvarado retreated and sent Mexican messengers to demand that the Cuscatlec warriors return the stolen weapons and surrender to their opponent's king. The Cuscatlec responded with the famous response, if you want your weapons, come get them. As days passed, Alvarado, fearing an ambush, sent more Mexican messengers to negotiate, but these messengers never came back and were presumably executed. The Spanish efforts were firmly resisted by Papil and their Mayan-speaking neighbors. They defeated the Spaniards and what was left of their Tlaxcalan allies, forcing them to withdraw to Guatemala. After being wounded, Alvarado abandoned the war and appointed his brother, Gonzalo de Alvarado, to continue the task. Two subsequent expeditions, the first in 1525, followed by a smaller group in 1528, brought the Papil under Spanish control, since the Papil also were weakened by a regional epidemic of smallpox. In 1525, the conquest of Cuscatlan was completed and the city of San Salvador was established. The Spanish faced much resistance from the Papil and were not able to reach eastern El Salvador, the area of the Lancas. In 1526, the Spanish founded the garrison town of San Miguel in northern Nanaguara, territory of the Lenca, headed by another explorer and conquistador, Luis de Moscoso Alvarado, nephew of Pedro Alvarado. Oral history holds that a Maya Lenca crown princess, Antisilan Ulapay, organized resistance to the conquistadors. The kingdom of the Lenca was alarmed by Damascoso's invasion and Antisilan traveled from village to village, uniting all the Lenca towns in present-day El Salvador and Honduras against the Spaniards. Through surprise attacks and overwhelming numbers, they were able to drive the Spanish out of San Miguel and destroy the garrison. For ten years, the Lencas prevented the Spanish from building a permanent settlement. Then the Spanish returned with more soldiers, including about 2,000 forced conscripts from indigenous communities in Guatemala. 
they pursued the Lanka leaders further up into the mountains of Intibuca. Antasilan Ulap eventually handed over control of the Lanka resistance to Lampira, also called Lampira. Lampira was noteworthy among indigenous leaders in that he mocked the Spanish by wearing their clothes after capturing them and using their weapons captured in battle. Lampira fought in command of thousands of Lanka forces for six more years in Managuara until he was killed in battle. The remaining Lanka forces retreated into the hills. The Spanish were then able to rebuild their garrison town of San Miguel in 1537. During the colonial period, San Salvador and San Miguel were part of the Captaincy General of Guatemala, also known as the Kingdom of Guatemala, Spanish Reino de Guatemala, created in 1609 as an administrative division of New Spain. The Salvadoran territory was administered by the mayor of Sonsonet, with San Salvador being established as an intendencia in 1786. In 1811, a combination of internal and external factors motivated Central American elites to attempt to gain independence from the Spanish crown. The most important internal factors were the desire of local elites to control the country's affairs free of involvement from Spanish authorities and the long-standing Creole aspiration for independence. The main external factors motivating the independence movement were the success of the French and American revolutions in the 18th century and the weakening of the Spanish crown's military power as a result of the Napoleonic Wars with the resulting inability to control its colonies effectively. In November 1811, Salvadoran priest Jose Matias Delgado rang the bells of Iglesia La Merced in San Salvador, calling for insurrection and launching the 1811 independence movement. This insurrection was suppressed, and many of its leaders were arrested and served sentences in jail. Another insurrection was launched in 1814, which was also suppressed. In 1821, in light of unrest in Guatemala, Spanish authorities capitulated and signed the Act of Independence of Central America, which released all of the Captaincy of Guatemala, comprising current territories of Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica, and the Mexican state of Chiapas from Spanish rule and declared its independence. In 1821, El Salvador joined Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua in a union named the Federal Republic of Central America. In early 1822, the authorities of the newly independent Central American provinces meeting in Guatemala City voted to join the newly constituted First Mexican Empire under Augustin de Iturbide. El Salvador resisted, insisting on autonomy for the Central American countries. A Mexican military detachment marched to San Salvador and suppressed dissent, but with the fall of Iturbide on March 19, 1823, the army decamped back to Mexico. Shortly thereafter, the authorities of the provinces revoked the vote to join Mexico, deciding instead to form a federal union of the five remaining provinces. Chiapas permanently joined Mexico at this juncture.
When the Federal Republic of Central America dissolved in 1841, El Salvador maintained its own government until it joined Honduras and Nicaragua in 1896 to form the Greater Republic of Central America, which dissolved in 1898. After the mid-19th century, the economy was based on coffee growing. As the world market for indigo withered away, the economy prospered or suffered as the world coffee price fluctuated. The enormous profits that coffee yielded as a monoculture export served as an impetus for the concentration of land into the hands of an oligarchy of just a few families. Throughout the last half of the 19th century, a succession of presidents from the ranks of the Salvadoran oligarchy, nominally both conservative and liberal, generally agreed on the promotion of coffee as the predominant cash crop, the development of infrastructure, railroads and port facilities, primarily in support of the coffee trade, the elimination of communal land holdings to facilitate further coffee production, the passage of anti-vagrancy laws to ensure that displaced campesinos and other rural residents provided sufficient labor for the coffee fincas, plantations, and the suppression of rural discontent. In 1912, the National Guard was created as a rural police force. In 1898, General Tomas Regalado gained power by force, deposing Rafael Antonio Gutierrez and ruling as president until 1903. Once in office, he revived the practice of presidents designating their successors. After serving his term, he remained active in the army of El Salvador and was killed July 11, 1906, at El Hicaro during a war against Guatemala. Until 1913, El Salvador was politically stable, with undercurrents of popular discontent. When President Manuel Enrique Araujo was killed in 1913, many hypotheses were advanced for the political motive of his murder. Araujo's administration was followed by the Melendez-Quinones dynasty that lasted from 1913 to 1927. Pio Romero Bosque, ex-minister of the government and a trusted collaborator of the dynasty, succeeded President Jorge Melendez and in 1930 announced free elections in which Arturo Araujo came to power on March 1, 1931 in what was considered the country's first freely contested election. His government lasted only nine months before it was overthrown by junior military officers who accused his Labour Party of lacking political and governmental experience and of using its government offices inefficiently. President Araujo faced general popular discontent as the people had expected economic reforms and the redistribution of land. There were demonstrations in front of the National Palace from the first week of his administration. His vice president and minister of war was General Maximiliano Hernandez Martinez. In December 1931, a coup d'etat was organized by junior officers and led by Martinez. Only the 1st Regiment of Cavalry and the National Police defended the presidency the national police had been on its payroll, but later that night, after hours of fighting, 
the badly outnumbered defenders surrendered to rebel forces. The directorate, composed of officers, hid behind a shadowy figure, a rich anti-communist banker called Rodolfo Duke, and later installed the Vice President Martinez as president. The revolt was probably caused by the army's discontent at not having been paid by President Araujo for some months. Araujo left the National Palace and unsuccessfully tried to organize forces to defeat the revolt. The U.S. Minister in El Salvador met with the Directorate and later recognized the government of Martinez, which agreed to hold presidential elections. He resigned six months prior to running for re-election, winning back the presidency as the only candidate on the ballot. He ruled from 1935 to 1939, then from 1939 to 1943. He began a fourth term in 1944, but resigned in May after a general strike. Martinez had said he was going to respect the Constitution, which stipulated he could not be re-elected, but he refused to keep his promise. Beginning in January 1932, there was brutal suppression of a rural revolt known as La Matanza. In the unstable political climate of the previous few years, social activist and revolutionary leader Farabundo Morti helped found the Communist Party of Central America and led a communist alternative to the Red Cross called International Red Aid, serving as one of its representatives. Their goal was to help poor and underprivileged Salvadorans through the use of Marxist-Leninist ideology. In December 1930, at the height of the country's economic and social depression, Marti was once again exiled because of his popularity among the nation's poor and rumors of his upcoming nomination for president the following year. Once Arturo Araujo was elected president in 1931, Marti returned to El Salvador and along with Alfonso Luna and Mario Zapata began the movement that was later truncated by the military. On January 22, 1932, thousands of poorly armed peasants in the western part of the El Salvador revolted against the government Hernandez Martinez. The rebellion occurred amid widespread unrest over suppression of democratic political freedoms following the cancellation of the results of the 1932 legislative election. The rebels were led by Feliciano Alma and Farabundo Murti and largely composed of indigenous people and communists. The rebellion made gains initially, capturing several towns and cities across the western part of the country killing an estimated 2,000 people. The government suppressed the rebellion brutally, killing between 10,000 and 40,000 people, mostly Papil peasants. Many of the rebellion's leaders, including Alma and Murti, were captured and executed. Historically, the high Salvadoran population density has contributed to tensions with neighboring Honduras as land-poor Salvadorans emigrated to less densely populated Honduras and established themselves as squatters on unused or underused land. This phenomenon was a major cause of the 1969 football war between the two countries. 
as many as 130,000 Salvadorans were forcibly expelled or fled from Honduras. The Christian Democratic Party, PDC, and the National Conciliation Party, PCN, were active in Salvadoran politics from 1960 until 2011 when they were disbanded by the Supreme Court because they had failed to win enough votes in the 2004 presidential election both parties have since reconstituted. They share common ideals, but one represents the middle class and the latter the interests of the Salvadoran military. PDC leader Jose Napoleon Duarte was the mayor of San Salvador from 1964 to 1970, winning three elections during the regime of PCN President Julio Adalberto Rivera Carballo, who allowed free elections for mayors and the National Assembly. Duarte later ran for president with a political grouping called the National Opposing Union UNO but was defeated in the 1972 presidential elections. He lost to the ex-Minister of Interior, Colonel Arturo Armando Molina. In an election that was widely viewed as fraudulent, Molina was declared the winner even though Duarte was said to have received a majority of the votes. Duarte, at some army officer's request, supported a revolt to protest the election fraud was captured, tortured, and later exiled. Duarte returned to the country in 1979 to enter politics after working on projects in Venezuela as an engineer. On October 15, 1979, a coup d'etat brought the revolutionary government junta, JRG, to power. It nationalized many private companies and took over much privately owned land. The purpose of this new junta was to stop the revolutionary movement already underway in response to Duarte's stolen election. Nevertheless, the oligarchy opposed agrarian reform and a junta formed with young reformist elements from the army such as Colonels Adolfo Arnaldo Majano and Jaime Abdul Gutierrez as well as with progressives such as Guillermo Ingo and Alvarez. Pressure from the oligarchy soon dissolved the junta because of its inability to control the army and its repression of the people fighting for unionization rights, agrarian reform, better wages, accessible health care and freedom of expression. In the meantime, the guerrilla movement was spreading to all sectors of Salvadoran society. Middle and high school students were organized in MERS, Movimiento Estudiantil Revolucionario de Secundaria, Revolutionary Movement of Secondary Students, college students were involved with AGUS Asociación de Estudiantes Universitarios Salvadorinos, Association of Salvadoran College Students, and workers were organized in BPR, Bloque Popular Revolucionario, Popular Revolutionary Bloc. In October 1980, several other major guerrilla groups of the Salvadoran left had formed the Farabundo Martin National Liberation Front, or FMLN. By the end of the 1970s, government-contracted death squads were killing about 10 people each day. Meanwhile, the FMLN had 6,000 to 8,000 active guerrillas and hundreds of thousands of part-time militia supporters, and sympathizers. The U.S. 
supported and financed the creation of a second junta to change the political environment and stop the spread of a leftist insurrection. Napoleon Duarte was recalled from his exile in Venezuela to head this new junta. However, a revolution was already underway and his new role as head of the junta was seen by the general population as opportunistic. He was unable to influence the outcome of the insurrection. Oscar Romero, the Roman Catholic Archbishop of San Salvador, denounced injustices and massacres committed against civilians by government forces. He was considered the voice of the voiceless, but he was assassinated by a death squad while saying mass on March 24, 1980. Some consider this to be the beginning of the full Salvadoran civil war, which lasted from 1980 to 1992. An unknown number of people disappeared during the conflict and the UN reports that more than 75,000 were killed. The Salvadoran Army's U.S. trained at Lacatel Battalion was responsible for the El Mozo massacre where more than 800 civilians were murdered, over half of them children, the El Calabozo massacre, and the murder of UCA scholars. On January 16, 1992, the government of El Salvador, represented by President Alfredo Cristiani and the FMLN, represented by the commanders of the five guerrilla groups, Shafik Handel, Joaquim Villalobos, Salvador Sanchez Seren, Francisco Jovel, and Eduardo Sancho, all signed peace agreements brokered by the United Nations ending the 12-year civil war. This event, held at Chapultepec Castle in Mexico, was attended by UN dignitaries and other representatives of the international community. After signing the armistice, the president stood and shook hands with the newly ex-guerrilla commanders, an action which was widely admired. The so-called Chapultepec Peace Accords mandated reductions in the size of the army and the dissolution of the National Police, the Treasury Police, the National Guard and the Civilian Defense, a paramilitary group. A new civil police was to be organized. Judicial immunity for crimes committed by the armed forces ended, the government agreed to submit to the recommendations of a commission on the truth for El Salvador, Commission de la Verdad para El Salvador, which would investigate serious acts of violence occurring since 1980 and the nature and effects of the violence and recommend methods of promoting national reconciliation. In 1993, the Commission delivered its findings reporting human rights violations on both sides of the conflict. Five days later, the Salvadoran legislature passed an amnesty law for all acts of violence during the period. From 1989 until 2004, Salvadorans favored the Nationalist Republican Alliance ARENA, voting in ARENA presidents in every election, Alfredo Cristiani, Armando Calderon Sol, Francisco Flores Perez, Antonio Saca, until 2009. The unsuccessful attempts of the left-wing party to win presidential elections led to its selection of a journalist rather than a former guerrilla leader as a candidate. 
On March 15, 2009, Mauricio Funes, a television figure, became the first president from the FMLN. He was inaugurated on June 1, 2009. One focus of the Funes government has been revealing the alleged corruption from the past government. Arena formally expelled Saka from the party in December 2009. With 12 loyalists in the National Assembly, Saka established his own party, the Grand Alliance for National Unity Ghana, and entered into a tactical legislative alliance with the FMLN. After three years in office, with Saka's Ghana party providing the FMLN with a legislative majority, Funes had not taken action to either investigate or to bring corrupt former officials to justice. Economic reforms since the early 1990s brought major benefits in terms of improved social conditions, diversification of the export sector, and access to international financial markets at investment grade level. Crime remains a major problem for the investment climate. Early in the new millennium, El Salvador's government created the Ministerio de Medio Ambiente y Recursos Naturales, the Ministry of Environment and Natural Resources, MERN, in response to climate change concerns. In March 2014, former FMLN guerrilla leader Seren narrowly won the election. He was sworn in as president on May 31, 2014. He was the first former guerrilla to become the president of El Salvador. In October 2017, an El Salvador court ruled that former President Funes and one of his sons had illegally enriched themselves. Funes had sought asylum in Nicaragua in 2016. In September 2018, Former President Saka was sentenced to 10 years in prison after he pleaded guilty to diverting more than 300 million US dollars in state funds to his own businesses and third parties. On June 1, 2019, Nayib Bukele became the new president of El Salvador. Bukele was the winner of February 2019 presidential election. He represented Ghana as he was denied participating with the newly formed Nuevas Ideas party. ARENA and the FMLN, El Salvador's two main parties, had dominated politics in El Salvador over the past three decades. According to a report by the International Crisis Group ICG, 2020, the homicide rates, murders in El Salvador had dropped by as much as 60% since Bukele became president in June 2019. The reason might have been a non-aggression deal between parts of the government and the gangs. The party Nuevas Ideas, NI, founded by Bukele, with its ally, Ghana, won around 63% of the vote in the February 2021 legislative elections. His party and allies won 61 seats, while over the coveted supermajority of 56 seats in the 84-seat parliament, allowing for uncontested decisions at the legislative level. The supermajority permits President Bukele's party to appoint judiciary members and pass laws with little to no opposition, for instance, to remove presidential term limits. 
On June 8, 2021, at the initiative of President Bukele, pro-government deputies in the Legislative Assembly voted legislation to make Bitcoin legal tender in the country. In September 2021, El Salvador's Supreme Court ruled to allow Bukele to run for a second term in 2024, despite the fact that the Constitution prohibits the president to serve two consecutive terms in office. The decision was organized by judges appointed to the court by Bukele. On February 25, 2021, El Salvador became the first Central American country to be awarded certification for the elimination of malaria by the WHO. In January 2022, the International Monetary Fund IMF, urged El Salvador to reverse its decision to make cryptocurrency legal tender. Bitcoin had rapidly lost about half of its value, meaning economic difficulties and, as of May 2022, with government bonds trading at 40% of their original value, the prospect of a looming sovereign default. Bukele announced back in January 2022 plans to build a Bitcoin city at the base of a volcano in El Salvador. In 2022, Salvadoran government initiated a massive fight against criminal gangs and gang-related violence. State of emergency was declared on March 27th. It was extended on July 20th. More than 53,000 suspected gang members were arrested, meaning the highest reported incarceration rate in the world. El Salvador lies in the isthmus of Central America between latitudes 13 degrees and 15 degrees north and longitudes 87 degrees and 91 degrees west. It stretches 270 kilometers, 168 miles, from west-northwest to east-southeast and 142 kilometers, 88 miles, north to south with a total area of 21,041 square kilometers, 8,124 square miles. As the smallest country in continental America, El Salvador is affectionately called Pulgarcito de America, the Tom Thumb of the Americas. El Salvador shares borders with Guatemala and Honduras, the total national boundary length is 546 kilometers, 339 miles, 203 kilometers, 126 miles, with Guatemala and 343 kilometers, 213 miles, with Honduras. It is the only Central American country that has no Caribbean coastline. The coastline on the Pacific is 307 kilometers, 191 miles, long. El Salvador has over 300 rivers, the most important of which is the Rio Lempa. Originating in Guatemala, the Rio Lempa cuts across the northern range of mountains, flows along much of the central plateau, and cuts through the southern volcanic range to empty into the Pacific. It is El Salvador's only navigable river. It and its tributaries drain about half of the country's area. Other rivers are generally short and drain the Pacific lowlands or flow from the central plateau through gaps in the southern mountain range to the Pacific. These include the Goascarin, 
Jaboa, Torola, Paz, and the Rio Grande de San Miguel. There are several lakes enclosed by volcanic craters in El Salvador, the most important of which are Lake Ilopango, 70 square kilometers or 27 square miles, and Lake Cotepec, 26 square kilometers or 10 square miles. Lake Gija is El Salvador's largest natural lake, 44 square kilometers or 17 square miles. Several artificial lakes were created by the damming of the Lumpa, the largest of which is Seren Grande Reservoir, 135 square kilometers or 52 square miles. There are a total 320 square kilometers, 123.6 square miles of water within El Salvador's borders. The highest point in El Salvador is Cerro El Pidal at 2,730 meters, 8,957 feet on the border with Honduras. Two parallel mountain ranges cross El Salvador to the west with a central plateau between them and a narrow coastal plain hugging the Pacific. These physical features divide the country into two physiographic regions. The mountain ranges and central plateau, covering 85% of the land, comprise the interior highlands. The remaining coastal plains are referred to as the Pacific Lowlands. El Salvador has a tropical climate with pronounced wet and dry seasons. Temperatures vary primarily with elevation and show little seasonal change. The Pacific Lowlands are uniformly hot, the central plateau and mountain areas are more moderate. The rainy season extends from May to October, this time of year is referred to as invierno or winter. Almost all the annual rainfall occurs during this period, yearly totals, particularly on southern facing mountain slopes, can be as high as 2,170 millimeters. Protected areas and the central plateau receive less, although still significant, amounts. Rainfall during this season generally comes from low-pressure systems formed over the Pacific and usually falls in heavy afternoon thunderstorms. From November through April, the northeast trade winds dominate weather patterns, this time of year is referred to as verano or summer. During these months, air flowing from the Caribbean has lost most of its precipitation while passing over the mountains in Honduras. By the time this air reaches El Salvador, it is dry, hot, and hazy, and the country experiences hot weather, excluding the northern higher mountain ranges, where temperatures are generally cooler. El Salvador's position on the Pacific Ocean also makes it subject to severe weather conditions, including heavy rainstorms and severe droughts, both of which may be made more extreme by the El Nino and La Nina effects. Hurricanes occasionally form in the Pacific with the notable exception of Hurricane Mitch, which formed in the Atlantic and crossed Central America. In the summer of 2001, a severe drought destroyed 80% of El Salvador's crops, causing famine in the countryside. On October 4, 2005, severe rains resulted in dangerous flooding and landslides, which caused at least 50 deaths. 
El Salvador lies along the Pacific Ring of Fire and is thus subject to significant tectonic activity, including frequent earthquakes and volcanic activity. The capital San Salvador was destroyed in 1756 and 1854, and it suffered heavy damage in the 1919, 1982, and 1986 tremors. Recent examples include the earthquake on January 13, 2001 that measured 7.7 on the Richter magnitude scale and caused a landslide that killed more than 800 people and another earthquake only a month later on February 13, 2001 that killed 255 people and damaged about 20% of the country's housing. A 5.7 MW earthquake in 1986 resulted in 1,500 deaths, 10,000 injuries, and 100,000 people left homeless. El Salvador has over 20 volcanoes, two of them, San Miguel and Isalca, have been active in recent years. From the early 19th century to the mid-1950s, Isalca erupted with a regularity that earned it the name Lighthouse of the Pacific. Its brilliant flares were clearly visible for great distances at sea, and at night, its glowing lava turned it into a brilliant luminous cone. The most recent destructive volcanic eruption took place on October 1, 2005, when the Santa Ana volcano spewed a cloud of ash, hot mud and rocks that fell on nearby villages and caused two deaths. The most severe volcanic eruption in this area occurred in the 5th century AD when the Ilopango volcano erupted with a VEI strength of 6, producing widespread pyroclastic flows and devastating Mayan cities. It is estimated that there are 500 species of birds, 1,000 species of butterflies, 400 species of orchids, 800 species of trees, and 800 species of marine fish in El Salvador. There are 8 species of sea turtles in the world, 6 of them nest on the coasts of Central America, and 4 make their home on the Salvadoran coast, the leatherback turtle, the hawksbill, the green sea turtle, and the olive ridley. The hawksbill is critically endangered. Recent conservation efforts provide hope for the future of the country's biological diversity. In 1997, the government established the Ministry of the Environment and Natural Resources. A general environmental framework law was approved by the National Assembly in 1999. Several non-governmental organizations are doing work to safeguard some of the country's most important forested areas. Foremost among these is Salvanatura, which manages El Impossible, the country's largest national park under an agreement with El Salvador's environmental authorities. El Salvador is home to six terrestrial ecosystems, Central American montane forests, Sierra Madre de Chiapas moist forests, Central American dry forests, Central American pine oak forests, Gulf of Fonseca mangroves, and Northern dry Pacific coast mangroves. It had a 2018 Forest Landscape Integrity Index mean score of April 5, 10, ranking it 136th globally out of 172 countries.